Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Coming right down to the wire, that is right down to the conclusion, the final two or three verses of Paul's second epistle to the Corinthians. Thirteen chapters, a lot of material. We've been looking at it now for a good many months, and we're coming down to the end. And it's interesting to see what Paul concludes this epistle with, what he emphasizes in his final words in this last epistle that he writes to the Corinthian church. And we have seen that in verse 8, he deals with his own integrity, that is, a statement of his commitment to putting the Word of God above anything and everything else. Number two, he prays for the Corinthian believers in verse 9 for their strength, that is, their spiritual strength and their healthy functioning, that they might be fitted out, equipped, restored in such a way that they can function in a healthy way. Number three, He addresses the issue of authority, that is, his own authority, as an apostle of Jesus Christ, which has also been criticized and questioned and undermined by the false teachers, by the critics of the Apostle Paul. And he just makes it very clear that he has the Christ-given authority to correct the erring. He has the Christ-given authority to build the church and to address whatever spiritual impediments are in the way of building a strong, healthy church. And then he comes to what I have called Paul's desire, which is a number of other issues, and maybe I should take them one by one instead of grouping them all under the heading of Paul's desire. But at any rate, we started into that section on the broadcast yesterday, and we're going to continue taking it up today. Thank you for joining me on this Friday, January 12, and thank you for your awareness of our financial needs to keep this broadcast current on this station, for us to be able to continue teaching God's Word on this station. And if it's a blessing and a help to you, maybe the Lord would have you help with the financial cost. Well, what did Paul desire for them? He desired good spiritual health, which he explained to them how they can have that by four short exhortations. He said, here's how you have good spiritual health. Number one, rejoice. Make it a practice to 
Rejoice consciously, deliberately, even when you don't feel like it. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, said Paul in the Philippian epistle. And again, I say, rejoice. So, good spiritual health requires a rejoicing attitude. If you are not rejoicing, you're not in good spiritual health. That's right. If you can't rejoice, you're not in good spiritual health. So rejoice and become complete. Be perfected, be mended, be restored. Number three, be of good comfort. Number four, be of one mind. Number five, live in peace. Those things will contribute to your good spiritual health. And then Paul prayed secondly for God's special presence in their lives. For if you will put these five short exhortations into your life and thereby enjoy the good spiritual health which will result, you will find that the God of love and peace will be with you. And Paul prays that the God of love and peace will be with them in a special manifestation of his presence and his enabling power, which will help them with almost all of the difficulties of life. I'd say will help them with all of the difficulties of life. And then Paul's third desire for them in verses 12 and 13 is for unhindered Christian fellowship. And there are two short exhortations that address that. In verse 12, he says, greet one another with a holy kiss. And in verse 13, he says, all the saints greet you. All right, what? let's take the first one. We, we left the broadcast talking about that one yesterday. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Five times. In the New Testament, we are instructed, we could say commanded, to greet one another with a holy kiss. Romans 16, 1 Corinthians 16, 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 Peter 5, and here in 2 Corinthians 13. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Does that mean that we are sinning, we are disobeying God, if we aren't regularly, customarily, Greeting one another when we come to church? Are we to, to greet each person with a kiss? Well, as I explained in the broadcast yesterday, I don't think that's the proper way to understand this. We have to take this in the context in which it is given, namely that in the day and the place when Paul was writing this, it was a customary greeting for people to get, greet one another with a kiss. But that's not the custom in most places now. When I say now, I mean in 2024 and in the location where most of you are hearing this. Because these broadcasts are actually posted on the Internet and go out all over the world, it's very possible that somebody is listening to this in a country, in a culture, in a part of the world where this is the custom. And you will understand perfectly what Paul is saying In your situation, you would greet one another with a kiss because that is the customary greeting. But what Paul is saying is, whatever is the accepted customary greeting of your day, be sure that you do it. It's a command to show warm affection according to the customs of your community. If it is a warm handshake, then be sure you do it. 
I'm a little concerned when I see people coming into our church welcome center, which is uh, behind our church auditorium. People come into the welcome center first, and then from there into the auditorium. I'm a little concerned when I see people coming into the welcome center and not only making no effort to greet anyone with a warm handshake, but actually appearing to rush by people so that they can't be greeted themselves with a warm handshake. They just ignore the customary greeting altogether as if they don't want to have contact with others. They hold themselves aloof. They hurry by other people without speaking to them, without greeting them, without recognizing their presence, without showing any desire to to have any kind of a relationship with them, and just hurry right on into the auditorium and get their seat. That's a, a, a failure to obey Paul's command, Paul's instruction. We are to... Do this. We are to show warm affection to one another according to whatever is the custom of our particular culture. Greet one another with a holy kiss. That requires your personal presence. You can't do that sitting at home watching live stream or something else on the, on the screen. You can't do that if you're not personally present, and I know that some people, of course, are unable to be present because of physical circumstances, and that's different when you are truly providentially hindered from being with with the people of God when you would long to be there, dearly love to be there, wish you could be there, and to greet one another with a warm handshake and a friendly smile and a friendly greeting. But for those who are able to do that and who refuse to do that, you are disobeying this command. It's not that if you fail to kiss one another, you're disobeying this command, but if you are failing to be personally present with the people of God, though you are able to be there, and when you are there, you do not reach out to others, you do not show friendliness, you do not extend your hand in a warm greeting, you do not let it be known that you are glad to have that person in your presence and that you want to greet them. If you are not obeying that command, if you are not following the the warm, welcoming gestures of your culture in your community in your day, then you are not doing what Paul has told you to do. You are hindering Christian fellowship as it needs to be carried out. I mentioned on the broadcast yesterday that in some Christian communities, something more personal than a handshake is quite acceptable and even even very customary with some people, namely a a, a warm hug. And I'm I'm okay with that as long as and here's the other word that I haven't mentioned so far. It's there, but I've just read it, but I haven't said anything about it. When Paul says greet one another with a holy kiss, that certainly rules out any sensuous kissing. If in your culture a friendly hug is the custom of the day, then be sure that when you greet people that way, 
It is with a holy hug. I've noticed that in hugging cultures, there are some people, some men, who love to go around and hug all the young women, and t- seem to take a special delight in hugging the young women more than anybody else. And you do have to question: Is this a holy hug? Or is it a sensuous hug? Or are you trying to turn it into a sensuous hug? Whatever it is, it's got to be holy. It has to be not sensuous. It has to be not with lascivious thoughts in mind. It's amazing how we can take things that are that are agreeable and are. Um, that are customary and that are uh, friendly and safe if they're practiced in one way and turn them into something that is something else because of our sinful nature. Be careful. You're always safe greeting one another with a holy handshake. That won't get you into trouble. In most cases, I, I suppose even that could be ruined in some ways, in some situations, but right offhand that doesn't come to mind how that would happen. But the point is that your personal presence is required to carry this out, and your desire to express warmth and friendliness and a welcoming spirit to others is communicated when you are together. You can't have the kind of fellowship that the Bible requires us to have with other saints in the body of Christ if you are not present with others in the body of Christ and if you are not acting in whatever is the the way that we demonstrate greetings, warmth, welcoming, gladness to be in the presence of other people. Develop that. Cultivate that if you're not doing so already. Until next week, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.